Thank you for tuning in to episode 24 of the Keto Matrix podcast. If you listen to episode 23, then I know you're anxiously awaiting episode 24. Brittany, again, was not able to record for this episode or episode 23. However, she did contribute. So in episode 23, we unpacked and talked about why. One of the things Brittany brought up was accountability is uncomfortable. And when you're not in the right headspace to take it on, you're not going to reach out and access resources that are going to give you greater accountability. So that could be one of the reasons why people don't utilize the tools that are out there, the resources that are available, because they don't want that level of accountability. We are going to uncover and talk through the Killing It Fat Field program. Danny Vega and Rachel Gregory take time out of their day to get on and talk us through not only why they were qualified to create such an amazing comprehensive program, not only the other people that were involved in collaborating to create such an awesome comprehensive program, but their hearts behind it and really how it can be utilized. This episode in this program is not only for families. I think families absolutely would do a huge injustice to themselves not utilizing this program, but for individuals, other keto coaches, and for those that really just want a mindset into what keto actually looks like, this is something that is absolutely invaluable. Make sure that you take the time to listen to the episode if you have not listened to episode 23 as we talk about why. And when I say we, I mean myself. Definitely check that out and then uh, roll through. This is going to be a great episode. It's a little bit lengthy, but I promise you with the three of us talking, Rachel, Danny, and myself have a lot of fun and kind of unpack a lot of different things here. So enjoy the episode and remember Keto Neo will get you 10% off this huge bundle that comes with recipes, mindset, awareness, programs, and et cetera to really start you off on the first and best track. People ask me all the time, if I wanted to start understanding keto, where do I start? What should I buy? What book to read? This is the bundle for you. Start here. Thank you so much. Let's jump into the episode. The Keto Matrix Podcast, where myths are busted, science is explained, and the keto lifestyle is discussed by industry experts and everyday people alike. For more information and support, go to theketomatrix.com. Now, let's jump into our latest episode. Okay, so this is absolutely the first time I've ever done back-to-back episodes within a 24-hour period. And for those of you that have not listened to my episode 23, where I kind of unpack whys and the issues that I see just in my own mind, um, I would say listen to that before you dive into episode 24. And I alluded to on episode 23 the fact that I was going to have two amazing individuals. And if you listen to the end, you would know it was Danny Vega and Rachel Gregory, who are sitting here listening to me talk yet again. Um, (laughs) So I am going to without further ado, have each one of them kind of go through a little bit more of their background. You know, I know that we have, for the most part, there's maybe two or three people that don't know who these individuals are. Um, but for every, <laughs> everyone else, I feel like we're tapped into it. But I'd really like to, um, Danny and Rachel, kind of have you guys express a little bit about who you are, what your backgrounds are, what you guys have done. And I have kind of a ton of questions that are going to stem from that, if that's cool. And Danny, I'm, I want to venture to say we should probably let Rachel go first because chivalry is not dead in our lives. 100%. I like it. Um, all right. So do you want just kind of like my background? Like, uh, I love it. Rachel. I probably shouldn't have gone first. You're, you're always, no, it's cool. I, and, and you know what? Hindsight's always twenty twenty. In our recording before, I realized that you're so polite and kind. You've been out in New York way too long. So you, we're, we're not, there's no permission on any of this stuff. You're just going to jump into it and tell everybody whatever you want them to know. If you want them to know that you're currently sipping on three drinks right now because you couldn't make up your mind on one, that's cool too. Uh, but <laughs> literally, well, just it is, I mean, actually, it's not that early anymore. It's, <laughs> no, it's 8 20. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, my three different drinks are not like alcoholic drinks. I don't I don't drink <laughs> at it's, eight o'clock in the morning. I was, I was going to say it's early. Um, yeah. So wait. Just, so you didn't answer do, my question. No, I I didn't. This is what we're going to do. So Rachel, who are you? We don't need to talk about like where you're from and all that stuff. I've already called out the fact that you're a New Yorker, but let's talk about what you went to school for, how you found nutrition, um, and some of like the clinical things that you've done with your background that got you to where you are now. Sure. So um, I went to school, I went to undergrad at the University of Miami, and I got my degree in uh, athletic training support. <coughs> And when I was there, I, I loved, you know, athletic training and I loved the sports injury side of it, the rehab, the physical therapy, working with athletes, all of that. But I found um, when I got to my junior year, I was really uh, getting in, getting interested in nutrition. And so I knew I wanted to, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> I knew I wanted to pursue it further. And so I decided to um, go get my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology at James Madison University in Virginia. Um, and so it was kind of, like I said, it was both nutrition and exercise physiology, mostly um, nutrition and um, then obviously the exercise part of it. So that is, I did two years there and I also worked as an athletic trainer while I was um, studying for my math, getting my master's. And that's what, that's where um, I got into the whole keto world. Um, this was about four years ago and I did, um, the first study on looking at the ketogenic diet in non-elite CrossFit, CrossFit athletes. Um, and it was a super successful study. I, I know we talked about it in our last recording, so I don't want to like go into all that. It's going to be like episode um, 48 by the time that comes out. So no worries. Okay. <laughs> well, we, we went into detail there, so I won't, I won't go into detail here, but um, yeah, so I just, um, I started working when I was doing my study. That's when I first started. Uh, well, I would always, I was always working with athletes and it was more like the um, sports injury prevention uh, rehab side of things. It wasn't really like the nutrition side of things. Um, so when I did that study, that's when I first kind of got introduced to working with people because I had to uh, ma manage over 30 uh, participants who were, you know, in, in the study going through it. And so that's when I first started working with people and started to um, understand like the difficulties that they were facing and could relate with them for things that I was, I would, you know, test on myself and go through myself. And, um, so that's where it really started. And then, um, when I got out of grad school, I, um, decided to pursue, I was, I got a full-time job at a supplement company and it wasn't really, I was working as a nutrition scientist and it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. I was like formulating and doing a lot of research and stuff like that on supplements. And I knew that that wasn't, you know, what I was, what I wanted to do. So I decided to, um, get my, uh, certification in nutrition. So I got the, do you know what the CNS is? Have you heard of it before? I definitely know what the CNS is, but everyone else listening probably doesn't. So why don't you explain that? And then I have so many questions that go back to <laughs> you being the athletic trainer and all those other things that I feel we should unpack a little bit. But go go for the CNS okay. thing because I do think that's important. Sure. So, well, so in undergrad, I got my uh, certification in athletic training after that four-year period. Went on to grad school. Um, well, right before that, I got my certification in strength conditioning because I wasn't, I knew I wanted to do stuff in fitness and nutrition and all of that, but I wasn't exactly sure what route I wanted to go down. down so I kind of took the approach of 
the athletic injury part, the strength conditioning part, and then the nutrition part. So the CNS is a stands for Certified Nutrition Specialist, and it's um, it's a board certified nutritionist. So if you think of like a registered dietitian, um, they're they're able to get licensed and can work in certain states. Um, certain states you don't need to be licensed, but there are many many nutrition certifications out there, and the only ones that are recognized as um, or you're able to get licensed are the uh, registered dietitian and then right <clears throat> under that, well, not under it, but um, I guess the, the next, another, the next another level. Ad, yeah, the next level before. The next, no. it's, not, it's not even the next level, though, because a lot of registered dietitians, um, I knew that like I didn't want to work in a, like a hospital setting or in a clinical setting. That wasn't really what I wanted to do, and that's what a lot of RDs end up doing. Um, so the CNS, and then there's one other certification um, that work – uh, that are your nutritionist. So you're a board certified nutritionist. And with that, you have to go through a thousand clinical hours. You have to take, you know, a board certification exam that, that I had, like, it was the whole thing. So I did this, um, right. Probably a year after grad school. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's where like all my kind of background comes from. And then that's when I started to get more into, um, working with individuals on, uh, with my business, with, um, implementing a ketogenic lifestyle and yeah, <laughs> it's it is it's absolutely one of the most difficult things in the world to talk about yourself, isn't it? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> it is. I, I and I'm not Rachel. This is not me picking on you seriously, though. But I always just think about when people ask questions and, you know, we have to talk about ourselves with the exception of probably Danny, because Danny can talk about anything. But um, it's a really <laughs> tough thing to just talk about yourself. Like, who are you? You'd be like, I don't know. You know, I was born on a Thursday at blah, blah, blah time. Um, <laughs> so no, I think that's great. But there's a couple things that I want to, I just, for, I, for me to get further understanding and for the listeners to kind of understand all of these things. Um, I'm sure you've heard the term uh, bandaid on a gunshot wound. I actually, maybe, you haven't. I don't okay. know. Well, basically that just means that <laughs> you're, you're trying to heal a problem with something that's completely underqualified. And if we listen back to everything that you just said you've gone through, it seems like you're extremely overqualified for us to talk about making slight changes in one's eating habits. So uh, that's cool. But I wanted to kind of get an idea. When you were an athletic trainer, um, that was in Virginia, correct? Yeah. Okay. What what sports did you cover and what does an athletic trainer do? Yeah. So I was the athletic trainer for the uh, women's swimming and diving team. So I had... Um, that was like my main sport. And then we like at JMU, we had a, a, a large team of athletic trainers and we kind of all, um, like you would ha obviously have your main sport and then you would help out with other sports here and there. Like football, for example, is a big one and, uh, basketball and stuff like that. So, but women's swimming diving was my main sport. And I had, uh, 30 plus, um, girl, college girls that I was, um, basically taking care of. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of, uh, just with swimming and diving, it's not like a, obviously it's not like a contact sport and you wouldn't think, Oh, you need like an athletic trainer for that or, you know, stuff like that. And that's actually, that's kind of what I thought going into it. Um, I was like, Oh, this will kind of be easy, you know, but it was the complete opposite there. Swimming is like, there's, you have so many like chronic injuries with shoulders and backs and, and all of that. And, um, they actually train, like they train twice a day, like every day. It's not like, I mean, obviously other sports when they're in preseason, stuff like that, do that. But like the entire season, it's 
you know, even off season, they're training at like 4am on a Saturday morning. So yeah, that's stressful. For it was sure. a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And, um, I enjoyed it and it was, it was a really, really good experience. There's a lot of things that were also outside of like the injury part of it. So there's a lot of like, um, psychological stuff going on as well. So I learned a lot in that sense. Um, 30 college women. Yeah. There's a whole lot of psychological <laughs> yeah. stuff for sure. <laughs> Yeah, probably more than injuries, to be honest. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of, of good stuff. Um, OK, so wait, hold on. Let's let's back up for a second. So <laughs> first off, I just want every parent that's listening to this right now. If you think you have a problem with your one teenager, maybe your five teenagers, maybe you have nine teenagers, right? Maybe. Could you imagine having to manage 30 college girls? Oh, my gosh. I'm dead. That's just that. It was not in a million years. So having said that, though, um, if you had to put a number to the amount of people that you've assisted from then till now, I'm not asking for specifics, but just like ballpark, how many people do you think you've helped kind of walk through the process of changing or adjusting their nutrition? Again, ballpark. Oh, over a hundred. Sorry. Over a hundred. Yeah, for sure. Okay, maybe less than 10,000. Maybe a little more. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, I say all that to say, like with that range and kind of looking at all of those things, the psychological aspect for all of those people, I know at least for my client base, they're all different, um, but there seems to be like a commonality. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to pause on the fact that I said that because I'm going to come back to it. But I want Danny, if we don't let him talk soon. Like he he probably feels like he's, he's sitting on his hands up. right now. Yeah, seriously. So we need to like let Danny come in and kind of give a little bit of his background. I know you can talk, Danny. So I'm not even going to give you any specific questions. I'm just going to say share a little bit, just a little about who you are. <laughs> I love that you said just a little. I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try really hard. Okay. Um, I played college football. I got my master's at UF and I started the first year I worked with University of Florida football and Um, I spent most of my time there, but the second year, um, I kind of got a little, um, I don't know, promotion to the basketball facility where I assisted with basketball, but then I actually designed the programs for men's and women's golf. Uh, so they trusted me with that and I was getting paid for that as a grad assistant. Um, then I went on to VCU where I was the head strength and conditioning coach for VCU for a little under two years, did really well with that and worked with top basketball athletes. And then when I decided to get away from strength and conditioning, I went back to Miami and I was, um, as I was trying to get a pharmaceutical job, um, I was training people. So I, I trained some pro boxers. And then I also did a bunch of training with housewives and teenage girls and, you know, grown men and, you know, middle-aged men. So I was always in that kind of got away from that for several years. And then, um, I got back into it when I was powerlifting and decided, man, I, I can coach some people, share what has helped me um, get strong and, and, you know, get up there in the rankings. And then that I even t- took a step back for a little bit. And then when I started keto, it was just it reignited that passion for, that I have for strength and conditioning, for nutrition. And so for the past two and a half years, it's been, you know, the podcast, the ketogenic athlete. And now we have Fat Field Family. Um, and, you know, I've worked with everyone at every age and. So I'm real passionate about, you know, training the right way, eating the right way. And I've had several approaches, but I find that the best success that I've had with people and the least frustration has been with low carb ketogenic diets. You know, people, I'm not nearly as 
um, frustrated as I was before when I would be like, well, they must not be following the diet. You know, that was just kind of myopic on my end where I would I would carb cycle or I would I would lower their calories. And, you know, we weren't getting the benefits that I thought we would get. And that was again, it was just because of I wasn't open to this lower carb uh, approach. And now ever since I've done this approach, I've had a lot more success. People are doing well. And obviously, you know, this is what I do for a living now. So um, this is my passion. So how's that, man? I I feel like I did pretty well. (laughs) That's good. No, that's that's good. That's good. I, so, so a lot of times people hear things and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever that means. So I want to I want to go back to a couple of things just because I want people to recognize just how intelligent you are as an individual. So first, where did you do your undergrad at? Um, Columbia University. Oh, a small, small school. Columbia. OK. In the city of New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So people far smarter than myself decided that you were and should attend that school. So fantastic. Um, and then when you designed the programs for golf and what was the other program you said? Golf and something else. And tennis. And, and tennis. tennis. Yep. How long did it take for you to put that together? And how many people do you think were involved in, you know, implementing what you had put forth? So, man, that, that was just a, a really good situation because they trusted me and the coaches were actually in the room. So I would get feedback from the coaches. But program design for me has always been a natural, pretty natural thing. So I can I can write an actual like cycle at a time, whether it be like one to three months. I can write that, man, in, in like a few days if I sit down and I think about everything. Like there's a lot that goes into it because first you got to think about what the needs of the sport are, what type of, is it aerobic, anaerobic, is a mixture of both, what type of movement, is it like, you know, straightforward movement, is it chaotic, like like tennis and, um, you know, football would be, golf is a lot more corrective exercise, you know, injury prevention, tennis is a lot of injury prevention too, and correcting also some of the habits, when you think about what you're doing with the racket in your hands, you're in this bent over position where you're very kyphotic, meaning your shoulders are forward. And so I had guys that had issues with thoracic spine mobility and low back problems and things like that because of that. So we would think about it. You're only with me as an athlete for an hour to an hour and a half at a time. And the rest of the day, you have to implement things that will kind of correct what you're doing on the tennis court. And unfortunately, a college person is going to be sitting at a desk, again, kyphotic, leaned over a book or a, or a computer or playing video games. And so we, we did a lot of things like that because that's definitely part of it as a college student. Yeah, for sure. The video games are definitely a must. Um, <laughs> OK, so I want to fast forward a little bit. You, you had mentioned pharmaceuticals. Um, kind of roll through what, what you did, what your experience was in, in pharma. Um, I think that that's one of those things that People hear that, and I don't know that they recognize how much work goes into understanding drug-to-drug interactions and protocols and disease states and hormones and all of those things. So, again, I preface this with just a little bit uh, <laughs> into, uh, you know, kind of like what, what you did and what that looked like. Yeah, so, like, there's always uh, there's some education that goes into uh, becoming a pharmaceutical rep, and I did that for three and a half years, and then I, I went into medical device, which is a lot more technical because there's a lot more you're doing actual procedures and you're in you're in the procedures in the OR with the doctors, so that's a little bit more technical. But I was in OBGYN uh, ten out of the eleven years. I spent okay. some time doing some diagnostic stuff, but every single procedure that can be done in the pelvis, I was in that. So I did uh, pelvic floor reconstruction, urinary incontinence, endometrial ablation, sterilization, uh, you know, getting your tubes tied or a niche or um, contraceptives. And so there's definitely 
always um, ongoing education, learning new ways to do things, learning procedures. The doctors look to you as a resource because they're experts in GYN, but they're not exactly. They're doing several procedures, um, different types of procedures. And so let's say a doctor does two or three of those procedures a month. Well, I'm doing like five or six of those a week. So I got to see every single uh, thing that can go wrong, every single trick that people are using to be more efficient, to cause less tissue damage, to, to basically treat the patient better and to get a better outcome. And so I'm sharing that as a resource with the doctors and they use me for that. So that was a very cool, stimulating, mentally stimulating job because everything, you know, although you get into the OR and all you see is drapes and then a square with, you know, a <laughs> vagina, a vagina in the middle, which whatever, that's what that's what you're looking at. You're you're seeing things in 3D and you're seeing, you know, different things that can happen. Um, and you're kind of helping the doctors with that. So there's a lot of science with that. You have to always be up on the newest studies. You want to be able to share those and speak to those and answer questions on those. So, yeah, definitely, I never left the science. The science was always kind of there. Okay, cool. So, you know, for those of you listening, some of that stuff probably went over your head. I just, I know it, and that's okay. But the point of that was just, you know, before I frame the rest of this, it's so, so important that you guys recognize the intelligence that's here talking right now. I mean, Danny and Rachel are two very intelligent individuals that have taken an extreme amount of time to hone the craft of nutrition and how it's applied by use, utilizing science, by practically applying the science, and then being able to develop things that help not only themselves, but you know those clients that they work with. So the next thing I want to kind of talk about, what do you guys do right now as far as like activity and fitness? Um, Rachel, how do you train and and what does that look like for you on a day in and day out? So I um, have been into CrossFit for the last few years. Um, I actually did take a little bit of a break, um, I guess, in October, November of this year. Um, I had a little bit of a back injury um, okay. that wasn't caused. It was probably it was a mixture of different things. Um, so I took a, a break from that, and I've just been um, kind of programming my own stuff and going to like your typical gym, which I haven't done in a while. And I, uh, I'm actually enjoying it a little bit. I'm doing more like bodybuilding style listen, workouts listen. and some it's power okay. lifting. No one from CrossFit is going to jump through the podcast and hit you over the head for saying <laughs> that. It's all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I still love CrossFit and I'm probably definitely going to go back. I, I go through different periods where I, I get like, I get into something and then I'm like, not that I get bored, but I'm like, I need to, I need to switch it up and try something else. So I'm I mean, Hey, you're, I'm you're sure. normal. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I've just been doing, um, more of like bodybuilding type workouts, some power, power lifting stuff. Um, just kind of, I've been going on a lot more walks lately around the neighborhood. Um, I love walks. To, yeah, <laughs> trying to, you know, get that fresh air, get those steps in. Um, that's like my lunchtime, usually lunchtime gig, but yeah. No, that's cool. I like it. I mean, that works. So, um, but you do work out like you are into your fitness and making sure that you stay mobile and flexible and all those great things. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Danny, do you work out at all? <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I had a call, a call with, um, a, a registered nutrition, a registered dietitian 
because I, ever since I left my day job, I got a different insurance and I am ob uh, obese and I was put into a educational program uh, to get me on track oh when God. I would have to graduate from um, if I didn't want to pay an extra $50 a month. So long story short with that, um, she was asking me about my training and, um, you know, I kind of told her everything that I do and she's like, okay, so just send me a picture and your measurements and we'll graduate you today. Cause I do, I do, a, I do train a lot and obviously <laughs> I love this stuff. Um, so my training now is basically my main focus is jujitsu. So I do that four to five times a week, um, for about an hour and, um, Every single day, I'm doing 50 pull-ups, 50 burpees, 50 push-ups, and 50 squats. That's my 200-day-in-a-row challenge that just kind of gets me out of my comfort zone. And no matter how I feel, this is a big difference for me because I usually would take the weekends off. Yeah, um, who, who inspired that? No, that was David Goggins, as you know. Uh, the book, Can't Hurt Me, that was just uh, a life-changing book for me because, you know, I've switched from being Mr. Goal-oriented person to being Mr. Process-oriented person. And when you're, when you're focusing on processes, you're so much happier and so much uh, more successful in reaching your goals. Because a lot of the time, we deal with motivation, and mo motivation goes down when you're not seeing the, those outward um, things happen. So like the, depending on a, a result or an outcome, versus just doing something every single day. It makes you mentally stronger. So uh, a lot of what I do now is kind of against what I would have said for my athletes where, where I'll do yoga and then I'll lift weights afterwards after doing yoga to get my mind stronger. Um, I love walking like Rachel. Today I walked three miles to the gym. I did my 200 and 200 and I walked three miles back and I feel amazing. My brain feels awesome. I still lift once or twice a week when I get a chance. Um, so I'm not overly concerned with losing muscle. I, I would hate to lose muscle, but you know, something's got to give when you're doing this other stuff, you know? So that's yeah, don't, where my I, training I, is. I think you have a little to spare, so you'll be all right. <laughs> um, okay. So I, again, right. Like, so to preface this and, you know, in my mind, if people wanted to just randomly see the cobwebs that are in my brain at times, my thought process is like this mind, body, soul approach to who you guys are as individuals. Right. So um, obviously you're intelligent. You guys have both gone to school, have gone beyond undergrad to do other things and kind of looked at, you know, health, nutrition, fitness with an intelligence in mind, science based, science backed, practically applied. Um, and I've kind of worked through those things. So I think it's fair to say you both have done that, which is awesome. But you also, for your own selves, continue to do things to keep your body up. Um, I think that that's one of those things that a lot of times it used to drive me nuts when I was a farmer rep and I'd go into a doctor's office, especially an endocrinologist. And we're going to talk like disease, disease states. And we're talking type two diabetes. And I'm looking at the guy thinking, really, how are you giving, how are you giving advice and direction or oh. coming up with any type of, and you're the way you are. So, um, I appreciate the fact that you guys are both into, um, keeping your bodies, the temples that we have, um, strong. The next question that I have is why in the world do you guys do this? Cause it's been a long time. Um, it's been tedious to say the least. And, you know, like you just said with the book with David Goggins, obviously we're still always plugged into looking at other people to help change our thoughts, provoke new thoughts and keep us sharp and on edge with, you know, the next thing, the next understanding, the next level of, um, you know, I don't want to say homeostasis because I feel like that's too, 
common. I don't, it's not a, it's not homeostasis, but more of the growth pattern that's always there and, and always looking at trying to progress ourselves. So in doing that, why? Like, who, who are you guys? Why? Like, what was the thing that bit you and said, you know, I want to help people in this way? Rachel, I have some ideas because I, I feel like I remember, you know, you being hurt a couple times, maybe in the junior year of sometimes. But um, <laughs> if, if you could kind of talk, yeah. talk to that a little bit and then and then we'll let Danny kind of talk to those things. It'd be great. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I've always been like an athlete and into nutrition my whole life. I mean, I'm not like anywhere near Danny's athletic ability, but um, oh, I've always on. been. This, <laughs> listen, I was going to say this. This podcast is not for any kind of negative self imaging or thoughts or processes on that at all. So we're just going to I'm not going to cut that out because this episode's going live today. But um, <laughs> well, yeah, I like there's none of that. No, Danny's Danny's got some nice muscles so he's obese he's this is just getting i mean i should just stop talking clinically he's <laughs> obese did you not just hear that what he's clinically he's obese like i mean yes yeah. i'm obese That's right so there you go well go ahead, um, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know you don't have to start over we're, we're good but let's let's just roll right into the you've been hurt a couple times yeah so i've been hurt a couple times in um throughout the different sports and stuff that I've been involved in. Um, and like I said, I got, I got really into nutrition, um, more in my, um, undergrad, like later undergrad career and just found like that nutrition is everything, um, in terms of, you know, how you're recovering, how you're functioning on a daily basis, how you're functioning in whatever your, your training is. And so I knew that that was like the you know, the core of what you have to focus on in terms of not just training, but also like everyday life. Like if your nutrition isn't good, like you're just going to feel like crap. So you're not going to want to do all the other things that you need to be doing. And so I knew that that was just like the foundation. Um, and, uh, working with, you know, different athletes and then going to grad school, working with more athletes and then working, starting to work with clients in terms of nutrition. I just, it just really, you know, drew me in and it was something that, you know, I became passionate about, um, especially within like the, the keto world and the low carb world, everything's, it seems like every day there's something new or something evolving. And so it's just always, you know, exciting. It's always to always, I always, um, make sure that I'm, you know, learning something new every day or at least trying to. And I think also working with people as well. Um, I found that things change like over time, even with myself, like every, you know, every few months it's like things are changing. And so there's not, I've obviously we, we both, we all know that it's, there's no one size fits all approach. Like everybody has, you know, their individual stuff that they're working on and, and all of that. So, um, and that's also evolving. So I feel like it's just, there's, there's nothing that's ever like stagnant. And so I think that that's what kind of entices me is that there's never, like, I'm always going to be learning something new or learning from someone else or, you know, finding something that, um, that's intriguing and, and that I can, you know, dive deeper into whether it's in the research or if I'm working with someone specifically and I just, you know, for some reason can't figure it out. Like that's what kind of keeps, keeps me going, I guess. Okay, cool. Do you remember those that helped you when you were at your lowest moments as far as recovery and repair? Yeah, of course. What did um, they mean? What did they mean to you? Uh, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean like draw me up a, a picture of, you know, the teary eyes of, you know, the recovery. 
<laughs> no, no, yeah, we don't. We, we are all sitting at desks right now. No one's on a couch, so I don't want to unpack necessarily the emotional aspect of those things. But I mean, I remember breaking my thumb uh, ninth grade year playing lacrosse, and always having my best season ever, and it suddenly came to an end. Um, you know, just kind of talk through. I don't know some of the psychological aspects of wanting to come back, you know, and feeling broken and, you know, kind of wanting to uh, repair yourself and how those other people kind of helped supported and encouraged your journey back with direction and guidance on how to do that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's probably why I got into athletic training in the first place was when, you know, I got injured in high school and, and I kind of went through that whole, um, rehab and, and all of that. And that's what kind of got me interested in the injuries side of things and working with people and seeing like, you know, working with people actually like cared, you know, what I was doing every day and, and, and all of that. And so I guess that's what kind of propelled me into that. And then, yeah, just, I mean, throughout the injuries that I faced, there was tons of people who were there, you know, every day, um, especially, you know, at Miami, I had the, I was lucky enough that when I had my, uh, when I had the chronic exertional compartment syndrome, I was, I had a like more, obviously I was an undergrad athletic trainer, athletic training student. So I actually had access to like the team docs. And so one of the team docs at like at Miami, he was also the, uh, team doc for the Marlins. He's actually the one who did my surgery. And so I had access to all of them and all of those athletic trainers to help me out with, um, my recovery. And so, you know, I'm, I forever thankful to all of them. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's cool. That's cool. Um, I love that. And I guess my point is like in the in, in the ability hindsight's twenty twenty to to reflect on, you know, what's gotten you to where you are now, I feel like that same passion comes off with, you know, how you put together programs and looking at, you know, the lives that are gonna be impacted by the direction that you give because at one point in time you needed that for yourself and um you're kinda in that headspace when you look at how you're putting things together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, Danny, <laughs> listen, everyone, everyone for the most part knows that, um, you wear your heart on your sleeve, man. So if you could kind of talk through why, why do you continue doing what you're doing? Why do you, why do you help people? Man, uh, first I'll say that going back to what Rachel was talking about with, um, the people who were mentors, that has been such a huge part of it. You know, the reason why I got into it, the same thing I, I was obsessed with, you know, my, my strength and conditioning coach in college was a huge influence on me. And I only had him for two years. He left to UNC after, and then he became the head strength coach of the Timberwolves for several years. And he, he had such a huge influence on me. And the same thing continues today with people who I call friends and colleagues, but they also are mentors. And the reason why I do this, you know, the most selfish reason, which is hilarious because you, you probably attest to this as someone who has a, a podcast is that every single week I get to learn more and I get to pick what subjects I want to go into depth, like in depth with, and I get to talk to the expert on that subject. And like, as someone who's just terminally curious and always wants to learn more, that is just, it's the most selfish thing I do. I tell people, you know, like the podcasting thing. And then the fact that people want to listen to it, that's awesome. But as far as like, you know, it starts with my family. I want to be, be able to be equipped to teach my sons, you know, how to eat right, how to exercise right, how to be emotionally intelligent, how to be resilient and handle things and bounce back. But then spreading that to the rest of the world, you know, whether it's through the Instagram or the Facebook or the YouTube or the podcast, 
doing lives is just basically sharing the intricacies of our lives, like our lifestyle, you know, because I think that's where a lot of people, they, they get caught up and they, and they, and I take it for granted until someone told me like, you need to share more of the in-between the space between, you know, where, where this is what you do in this situation. This is what you do like on a daily basis, because that's where people um, get tripped up. And I see a lot of misinformation and so I want to do my part to be hopefully one of those sources that people can trust where they, where they can say, you know what, just go look and see what Danny says about that or see what Fatfield family says about that subject. You know, I'm not oh, going to yeah. say that I'm right. I'm just going to say, like, this is how I'm implementing it in my lifestyle and how it applies to me. So I really want to educate people and I want to just empower them. And I want to show that like a low carb lifestyle is something that's easy, enjoyable, um, leads to better health and it can help you accomplish like just any goal that you set, you know? No, I love that. That's great. And, um, for those of you that may not know, Danny, how old are Desmond and Dean? Desmond is going to be eight in a few weeks. Uh, he's going to be eight on the fourth, the day after my birthday, where I'll be 38. Um, and then Dean is going to be five uh, in June. So G- Dean is four and Desmond is seven, about to be eight. Awesome. Awesome. I'm a little partial to June birthdays myself, but, um, <laughs> cool. So, um, again, you know, really, really selfless reasons, even though you, you call them selfish. And I will say this about podcasts, you know, I think it's absolutely amazing and the best way to meet people without the uncomfortable aspects of having to be in their face, right? You don't have to worry about bad breath, crowding, uh, <laughs> the yeah. conversations like, and, and you get to just talk about their story. And, uh, for the most part, when we have people on, like we are asking them to talk about themselves, which is great because people typically, even if it's uncomfortable, they like to do that. So, uh, I I'm with you. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Um, okay. So having said all that, everyone's probably still trying to figure out, okay, why do, why, who cares? Why do we want to care about, you know, their mind and how well they keep themselves up and, you know, why they do these things. All of that is to say, you guys came out with something. Um, it's the Killing It Fat Fuel program. And, you know, if we had to ask, you know, if you guys were smart enough, I feel like we've, we've already put out the fact that you're qualified, more than qualified. Um, if we wanted to say, have you actually practically applied it as far as the health, nutrition and the fitness aspect of this program? Uh, I think it's fair enough to say that you guys both are overqualified for that. And then if we looked at why you came up with the program, regardless of anything else that comes out, if you stopped listening the 38 minutes, 36 minutes that we've been into this, I think it's fair enough to say that you didn't create this program for selfish reasons. You're really trying to take what you've learned, what you know, and how you've applied it to present it and give it to other people to use. Is that fair enough or am I completely off? Yeah, totally fair enough. Spot on. Okay, cool. So now having said that, can you guys kind of talk about what is the program? What does it look like? And how many other people beyond just the two of you? Because I obviously couldn't do like a party line chat with everyone, but how many other people were involved in this collaboration? Oh man, there's a lot. Let's see if I, I'll try to see if I can remember, Rachel, and you, you correct me um, uh, if, who, with whoever I miss. We got Aaron Day yeah. from Fat for Weight Loss, Australian dude, awesome. Um, Liz um, Williams, who is the fit trainer's wife. We have Carrie Brown, who's known for her awesome recipes. We have Allie Miller RD. We have um, Mauda and me. We have. Um, who am I? Who am I missing so far? There's, I know I'm missing a ton. <laughs> so we have um, Robert and Crystal from Keto Savage slash yes. Keto Brick. 
um, Christina Kirp from the Castaway Kitchen. Yes. And I think we're missing one person. We let's see who else do we have? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I we, can't even. This is like a who's who of all collabs. Yeah, it was uh, awesome to get everybody to to. No, that's like, it. Is okay. that it for the for the recipe book? Okay. Ten people. Yeah. Okay. And we got cool. that's a forty-page recipe book on top of the twenty-something page educational document, and then twenty-something page. It's like eighty pages. Yeah, you're right. Well, the the I just mean the educational document. That's one PDF because in total oh. it's like seventy-nine pages for everything. Yeah. With all the stuff that that was mostly Rachel, like the low carb swap sheet, the 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 um, shopping lists, the meal plan, the. Uh, the low carb swap sheet, I hate to say it because it's not one sheet. It's like several sheets because it's broken down into like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, baking, alcohol, you know, recommendations. If you plan on drinking alcohol on the diet, um, product recommendations, what other, uh, educational things that we have? Well, of course the, the meal plan, um, what else in the, in the actual educational things that have I missed Rachel? Yeah. So in the, the, the educational document, it's um, we go into all of, you know, obviously the nutrition side of things, but also like the mindset and the fitness and all of that. So it's not just like a program that's, um, you know, just how to transition your family to keto. It's actually um, more than more than just like the food. It's also the mindset and the exercise. And it's not even just keto. It's we really wanted to take the approach of, you know, transition your family to be, to live a fat fueled lifestyle. And that doesn't necessarily have to mean that everybody's going strict keto or anything like that, because, you know, with kids, they can handle more. And even some people can handle more carbs and be, be lower carb and still, you know, reap the health benefits of that. So it's just educating in that sense. And, um, yeah, like I said, not just the food, but you know, the mindset, all of that, that type of thing and things that you can do and, and incorporate with your family, like practical ways to incorporate these things, not just telling you, Oh, why these are important, but like how you can implement them, you know, on, in an everyday setting. Oh, I mean, listen, you guys know I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's way too much work for the price. <laughs> I think <laughs> That's just me being honest. Um, you know, what's funny is that I, I literally, okay, so I've made some changes for myself and what I've been doing for 2019. And, you know, my consultations typically when I have a client that says, yes, you know, I'd like to learn all about keto, et cetera. I have a pretty comprehensive questionnaire and I spend between three and the longest consultation I ever did was five and a half hours. Um, wow. and, yeah, seriously. And you know, I, I charge 150 bucks, which is not, not a whole bunch. And I go through everything from what nutritional ketosis is, fat adaptation, fat efficiency, the whole nine yards. We go through all of it. And at the end, I'll still have someone that asks me questions like, Hey, so what can I swap out for this? Or what can I swap for that? Or I really still want to drink diet sodas. What are my options? Or, you know, I, I understand what carbs are from a macronutrient standpoint, because you've said that and I've written these notes, but you know, what are they from a practical standpoint when I'm in the grocery store looking and I'm thinking to myself, Really? We just spent three hours on the phone. And if you refer <laughs> back to your notes, you have all these things. But um, I can't I mean, just for me, like this program itself, I recommend every single client I've ever had to go buy one because it, it literally puts all that stuff out. It lays it out like it's it's there on top of the fact that you guys see how I eat. I mean, I only eat meat for the most part. And I 
don't really vary. It's like steak and beef, beef and steak. And if I really want to get crazy, <laughs> I'll add something else to the beef. But, you know, Some for cheese, those, maybe. Yeah, se- seriously. Uh, and so people will ask me like, well, what about a recipe for this? And I'm trying to be a little bit better at kind of creating recipes for people so they can get creative. But I don't have 40 pages of anything to tell anybody to look at. So, you know, all of these things for me as a coach, it just makes it so much easier where I could just hold my clients' hands, bring them through the things that they need, and then not have to worry about creating all the stuff because you've done it already. That's great, man. I, I, I like the fact that you're talking about you know, how you could possibly use it as a coach because I think that's something we haven't thought about. You know, if you, if you want to take that on as a coach, then go ahead. But if you don't, then definitely offer our program to your clients you know, as a way to help you um, just make your life easier. Yeah, listen, and and this is the thing that I can't stress enough. Um, And I know right now it sounds loud in the background for some odd reason. I'll try to clean this up when you guys listen to it. But, you know, for coaches that are listening to this episode, I just want to throw this out there really clear because I'm not a huge people fan at times. That does not mean (laughs) you buy the program and then put your name on the program and then send the program out. What it does mean (laughs) that... What it does mean is that if you have clients that are asking for and looking for this type of information and direction, your work has been done. Tell them to go over to Killing It Fat Fuel, order the program, and then they have all that information. And one, you then solidify the fact that you are a resource and you can continue coaching them and holding their hands. And you let them know that you continue to keep your eye out for other people doing things that will help them along their journey. Because that's the thing I can't stress enough. When people come to me and they're saying, you know, I have a question on how to, you know, transition little Johnny to, you know, eating a higher fat, lower carb lifestyle. I don't really have answers for that. I don't have kids. My wife and I probably aren't going to have kids. When I say probably, I mean like 99.999% sure we're not going to have kids. Um, And so I don't, I don't have, I don't have an answer for that, but to be able to still be a resource and for you to be looking at me as your coach for directions, I have absolutely no problem being able to say, Hey, go here. No different than you know, I like to be able to give you guys different options as to what you can eat, right? If you're looking for a certain type of yogurt or a certain type of beef product or whatever, I'd like to be able to give you some solutions for that. So for coaches that are listening, yeah, absolutely. This is something that you need to be using. Stop wasting your time trying to put stuff together. If someone's already crafted the wheel, there's no reason to try to recraft it. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's, and it's way too inexpensive. Uh, what, I mean, initial price was what, $59 and now it's 69, I believe. Yep. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's the whole bundle too. So if you don't like, if you just want the recipe ebook, I believe it's like 20 no, something. No, you're not even going to talk about it because if you don't spend $69 <laughs> for all the information in here, you're just hurting yourself. So let's, um, <laughs> uh, that's, and that's just the reality too. And I mean, I, this is not the um, warm, fuzzy feeling podcast. I just like to throw out real information and people absorb it. If they don't like it, they could stop listening. So uh, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. So um, my next question is this, Danny, have you ever been coached before? Have you ever gotten guidance or insight into anything when it comes to your nutrition or your workouts or anything like that? Oh, yeah, man. And I've talked about this a lot, you know, because one of the the two reasons I think people get coaching is the first one is they they want to minimize that that decision fatigue. So they don't want to think about what to do. They just want to be told what to do and do it. And I, I like that because it's just, you know, if you don't want to go out of the way to learn the details, that's what people are doing this for, you know, people do this to provide that resource for people who don't have the time or don't want to do, you know, the extra work. And and that's totally fine. But 
The other reason why is, you know, for someone other than yourself to keep yourself accountable. And I've, for that reason, used coaches a ton of times, you know, like throughout my life, I've hired people to coach me, whether it be a speed coach or, you know, a strength and conditioning coach in high school. I had a a hamstring injury from track once and I, and I brought somebody on, thank God my dad uh, paid someone to help me get better, but it ended up being that he was my strength coach for my junior and senior year. And that really, really helped me. Um, and then even more recently, my first year of keto, Robert Sykes and I, we became friends pretty early on and, you know, we kind of hit it off. And then there was, uh, in 2017, when I wanted to get down to 6% body fat, I hired him as, uh, as a coach for like two months. Um, and that was for, to have someone else other than myself, you know, write my program and get a different set of eyes and rely on someone else's expertise. And I even have coaches that I, that I coach and whether they're doing it for, um, you know, to learn what I do to use it with their clients or they're trying to just learn or for their own reasons to, to hit their goals. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So yeah, I've used it. I've used coaches a bunch of times. Yeah. So I, I only said that because I feel like it one I can tell you right now. So for January, it's, it's the first month that I'm not tracking, which, you know, listeners probably know right now I'm huge on tracking. I'm not tracking. <laughs> Me too. Um, and it drives it's 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 freeing in some regards, but it also drives me insane because I'm like, I have to sit here and try to think about what the heck I'm going to eat and what I'm going to cook. And, you know, I have other things that I'm trying to do. And it, it takes so much time out of my life to try to figure that out. I would love to just go in the kitchen and eat. Um, and so, you know, just just in that regard, I think it's so much more freeing to have someone else kind of put a plan and a program in place to just follow. Um I think that's just that's super easy. Rachel, I know that you don't have any kids at this point in time, right? No. (laughs) Did you have to think about that? I feel like there was a delay. No, (laughs) no, I have no kids. Okay, Um, but you have parents. And I know you have mentioned before that you kind of help your parents with making transitions off of things like cereal and healthier (laughs) options for that. But I also recognize that you know, our parents love us, but they raised us, right? So whenever we give them insight as to what they should do, sometimes it's um, not as easily received as we'd like it to be. You know, it's like mom and dad still see you as little Rachel Gregory, right? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, so yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk to like some of the things that you've done with your dad and your mom um, that have helped them make transitions? And, you know, anytime where it's successfully come back where they've said, hey, Rachel, I just want to let you know, like, I can't think of any other reason that this happened, but you told me to do this and I've been doing it and it's worked. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think with my parents, they've always been very like receptive to what I've been doing and, and they're always, uh, it's nice cause they, they always listen and they, um, like, I feel like they, like these past few years, they haven't looked at me as like, they're a little kid. Like they, they really actually like understand that I'm knowledgeable in this stuff and that this is what I'm doing every single day. So, um, I think they trust me with that, but in terms of like transitioning them to like a lower carb lifestyle, I've, I, I grew up like in a household that was pretty healthy. Uh, we always had vegetables and, and stuff like that. And, um, there was never, you know, any junk per se, like in the house, except, you know, what my parents thought was healthy. So, like I said, you know, cereal. Well, I said this in the last 
in the next podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so like my dad would eat cereal every morning, honey bunches of oats with skim milk. Um, and he thought that was like healthy um, because of, you know, the heart health label. Um, or we would have, you know, we would have Wednesday night dinner would be like a huge bowl of pasta with meatballs um, and just stuff like that. So it w- we didn't really have like the processed stuff in the house except for the cereal. But we did have that stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think is not that great for you. So like the bowl of cereal is just sugar on top of adding skim milk to it is more sugar. So you're literally just having a bowl of sugar for breakfast every morning. And so um, my dad did that for a long time. And so I helped him transition off of that in terms of getting him to um, we went from that to, to like oatmeal. We did overnight oats. And then after that, we did I you know told him, why don't you just do like some bacon and eggs or something quick? Um or like make a frittata at, at, in the beginning of the week and, you know, have that, um, you know, warm it up during the week. So we transitioned him to that. And then also just with, you know, they definitely tried out, like they were actually part when I did my first 21 day challenge. Um, the first one ever, we, I just got as many people as possible. And so it was a lot of family and friends and all that. So they went through that. So they learned a lot there and that's kind of what kickstart, kick kickstarted them into this kind of lifestyle. Um, and my dad is 64, I believe. And he is super active. He was, he played football in college. He plays basketball every week still. And he obviously he's, you know, a little bit older and he, uh, noticed with, you know, the transition to lower carb to keto for a while that he, you know, wasn't, he was recovering a lot better. Um, he wasn't waking up in the middle of the night with cramps. That's one thing that he complained about is like after he would play basketball, then that night he would like wake up with a really bad cramp in his leg. Um, he stopped noticing that, um, he did, he had like no weight to lose. So he did lose weight. Um, so he's a little bit more scrawny now (laughs) and people have told him, people have, you know, mentioned it to him, but I, I think that he's healthy overall. And, um, with my mom, she is a, she's a partner at a law firm. So she's, you know, like always been, you know, every day she has to be on at trial and all that stuff. Um, her mind's always going. So she noticed that, um, and she was never a big breakfast eater. She would always have coffee with skim milk in it. And so I transitioned her to have, you know, coffee with, you know, a little bit of heavy cream or even just collagen. Um, and so she started using the collagen every day in her coffee. Um, and she, I, this is something I always remember. She, this is probably like a year ago. She called me and she was like, I've never, um, so she's, she's, she had been doing the collagen in her coffee for like a month straight, like every single day. And okay. she called me, she was like, I, uh, noticed that my hair stopped like falling out in the shower. So her hair used to, she used to like, you know, no matter what, would just like fall out and whatever. But she was like, this is the first time in my life where I noticed that not in my life, but in the many years that I noticed my hair stopped falling off. And I was like, well, what did you do differently? And she's like, the only thing I can think of is I started putting collagen in my coffee. And I'm sure that was one part of it, but it was also, you know, she had transitioned to keto and lower carb and she wasn't, um, she was doing that more. So was she drinking bone broth at all? Uh, yeah. So I, I got them on bone broth. Um, obviously bone broth is the best way to get, you know, collagen but you see how i led you there (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. obviously bone broth and and the whole food sources of collagen are the best but if you are you know on the go and and i you know i would say adding collagen in our coffee in place of skim milk is a lot better so it's just making those small changes um for sure so 
I, I love it. So I, I say all those things and I ask those questions because I feel like, you know, there's this transitionary period of time where, you know, we go from these people that our parents raised or even our spouse and for some odd reason, and you guys can answer, if you guys know the answer to this, please let me know. But for some reason, those closest to us, they never take our insider advice. And when they do, it's really rare. So to be able to say, oh, you know, you should do this because XYZ person said to do it. For some reason, it's so much easier received if it's coming from someone else. So I say that to say, if you're trying to transition your family because you have been keto and you don't want to tell them that you're transitioning keto, just tell them you bought a new cookbook or you have a new program and allow them to say, well, this person says that the recipe calls for X, Y, Z and do that because sometimes that is freeing for your spouse or your kids or anyone else to go through it or your parents for that matter that are trying to make a transition and it's not you, the expert, but you know, it's Rachel and Danny and Robert and Carrie and everybody else that's put together their information and Allie and I mean, you know, the whole gamut of individuals that are far more intelligent than myself um, to create this program. And I think that that's the thing that, you know, it's that missing link um, that really I think has been needed in this keto space for such a long time where people can come to it, look at it and trust it because it's not, it's not one thing. It's not just a recipe book that someone just puts stuff together in that's full of a bunch of garbage. Um, It's not just your advice on how to, you know, pick or swap one thing for another because we all know that we can follow everyone on Instagram and find one tidbit of information that may be solid and look at someone else's post two seconds later and see something that's not so solid and you know be curious to know where the truth is. This, for me, has got my stamp of approval. I think that everyone that's been involved with this is completely solid and trustworthy and is something that I really, I can't stress enough. If I could put it on my forehead and wear it, I would, but this is something that everyone should have in looking at trying to make the transition um, to a healthier lifestyle, hands down. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. That's hopefully we, more people, um, you know, feel the same and they feel like it's something that helps them. Um, because again, it, it, it can be daunting for some people. Oh, it's, I, I don't think it's, you know what, Danny, I don't know that it's daunting for some people. I think it's daunting for everyone. I mean, at True. some point in time, right? Like, uh, you know, I think about the transitions and things that I've done and it, it gets daunting. Even right now, man, I'm eating. I, I'm not tracking, so I don't know, but it should, it should be. I should still be on track to be eating, you know, 3,700 plus calories, you know, around 300 grams of fat a day and 200 grams of protein. And the task to figure out what that is every day is freaking daunting. It's annoying. It's it's a headache and a half. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty well versed at this, you know, in writing nutrition for other people, too. So um, it it is daunting and it and it has been. Um, at different times and stages, especially depending on what else I have going on in life. So, you know, this is something that I think not only should be a fallback plan, but it should be a plan that says, okay, you know, when I don't have the time to think about or try to figure out what I want to do, I'm just going to follow this program and this process. So the last thing I kind of want to cover, and then I'm going to let you guys go, is the process. You know, Danny, you had mentioned and talked through, you know, the enjoyment that you have and the passion that's coming as you practice focusing more on the process and not so much the goals. Um, can you kind of unpack that a little bit? And Rachel, after he's done, I want you to be thinking about the processes that you um, work on each day to do the same. So do you mean like me personally or with the family? Both. Let's let's do both. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like you, you're one and the same. Yeah, I think like, uh, again, it's one of those things that when you do it for so long, you start to like 
you realize how ridiculous it can sound when you're telling someone who hasn't been process oriented, <laughs> like you're like, and then I do, this is my daily thing that I wake up and do every morning. So I wake up every morning. The first thing I do is I drink water. Um, and you know, I meditate every single day and then I do my daily devotional. And then there's a few other things I'll do some reading. And then about an hour later, I'll have my coffee and I start my day and I, you know, kind of dry run through my day, like what I plan on doing that day. Um, and then at night, um, there's always kind of like a debrief. And if I have any ideas that I want to write down before I put my phone down, which is kind of a new thing that I've been trying to put my phone down by 7:30 or 8 PM at night. So, you know, if someone calls me or texts me after that time, I'm out of commission. It's in my bathroom charging. Um, and, uh, with the family, that's another one where people, um, it's true. They don't realize like what goes into it. But once you start to do these things in a natural way and you have to have non-negotiables, like we talk about that in the program, you have to have things that you're not going to allow in the house. And you're going to have to have things that, you know, you're not going to support as a parent. So like we'll never we always give our kids the freedom to to buy themselves food that we may not approve of. And we may let them know that that's not a great choice. Um, but if they have their own money, they can buy crappy food. Um, it's not, you know, I'm not going to support it. Um, but like the daily things like waking up every morning and starting with a high fat, high protein meal to get them started in the right way, you know, um, ha having every single opportunity that presents itself for education, making sure that you, you take advantage of it, whether it's something that they did that may have not have been, you know, optimal for their diet. Like, Hey, how do you feel now? You know, okay. Remember that, remember that. So the next time this decision presents itself that you can, you know, choose a different route. Um, of course, at the beginning, it's huge to talk about your experiences with your significant other. It's super important to get that person on board at the very least, not sabotaging you. They don't have to eat that way, but they're going to have to eat in a way that if they have crap in the house um, and they're that much of a baby that they can't, you know, let go of their, you know, whatever their crappy foods, then they better hide it somewhere where the kids can't see it because, you know, I'm looking at this from as a parent and children learn a lot more from what they see than what they're told. And, you know, that's why we always say that you got to model the behavior that you want to see. So um, having conversations with your significant other, hopefully getting them on board and um, and then just just finding easy, simple, sustainable ways to practice this. Like if you go out to, to a restaurant, make sure that before you even get there, you know, someone's in the passenger seat looking at the menu and starting to think about what what the options are so that you can present them and you can be the one to say instead of saying, hey, at the restaurant, you know, hey, what do you want? Just say, hey, in the car, like, what, what do you want to eat today? You know, they got a steak. They got some chicken. You know, what sides do you want? That is basically controlling things a little bit better and planning things a little bit better. And, and it just puts you in a in a environment where you succeed much easier. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm not going to I don't want to unpack more of that because I know I can. And I will tell you, I listened to the Fat Fueled Family podcast. And even though we don't have kids and we're not having kids, I think there's a lot of stuff that you guys share. Um, even with uh, there was an episode you had Mike Mutz, Munsell, I think I'm pronouncing that yeah, correctly. Mutzel, but, yeah. um, he was on and, and you guys were referencing how you explain to your kids that if they fall from something, they can get hurt instead of them saying get yes. down. 
you know, but, you know, letting them know, hey, you know, you're up there and, you know, if for some some reason something were to happen, this is where you would be. And these are the consequences of that action so that they can think through what that process looks like and why they should change their actions. Those are the kind of things that even with, you know, my wife and I and having our discussions and talking through different things, those are the kind of things that are nuggets that, you know, we utilize and implement ourselves. So I think that stuff is great. And again, other things that are in this program that I think are just valuable nuggets that, you know, really, you can't put a price on. Um, Rachel, really quick for you, um, because this, you know, I want this to be something that uh, it can be listened to this afternoon on people's drives home. Uh, and I know that the three of us together can talk forever. But uh, what are <laughs> yeah. what are some of the processes you do um, and put in place to kind of help with, uh, you know, staying true to yourself and the, the challenge that is, you know, being on the straight and narrow every day? Yeah. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> uh, take one of those three drinks. It's OK. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm actually always, I'm not always changing my process, but I'm always trying to make it, um, better for myself and like my daily routine and stuff like that. So I've, you know, obviously we've all grown through different things that work for us and that don't work for us. And so I've, I've been experimenting a little bit more with, you know, waking up and doing meditation and stuff like that and, and learning from Danny. I'm still not, I know it's, it's, something that you have to do every single day to really for a while to really, you know, implement it in your life and really see the benefits. So I'm trying to, um, experiment a little bit more with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my daily routine is just, you know, waking up, I, uh, have water and coffee and some days I do intermittent fasting. Other days I don't, it's, I've gotten to, I've made the mistake on myself that I've in terms of, um, nutrition wise that I've, gotten down the kind of rabbit hole of intermittent fasting. And this is something that I find some of my clients do. And I, and I work through that, but, um, in terms of like, uh, getting into the routine of intermittent fasting every single day for a long time, um, I found that, um, for me, I, it's, it was a habit that formed and it, although it's a good habit, there was times where I noticed that I wasn't listening to my body as much as I should have. So that is something that I've been working on a lot the past, um, the past few months is just being very intuitive with, you know, how I'm feeling. And if it's something where like, I don't feel like I have to be, you know, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Or if I know, you know, it's a, I usually work out during uh, lunchtime. And so if I know, um, it's like going to be a really heavy leg day and I know that I'm probably going to need a little bit more energy in the gym. Like I might have, I've been playing around a little bit with more of a targeted approach, um, in terms of like a targeted ketogenic approach. Um, so I've been having a little bit more carbs before workouts on those days just to kind of play around with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm always, I'm always trying new things. We, We we're all trying new things to see, you know, what's most, what's optimal for us. But I think that, it's always changing. So that's what I was saying. And going back to like, everybody's an individual, everybody has different goals at different times and everybody's always changing. Like nothing in your body and yourself is going to be stagnant throughout your whole life. So you have to evolve with that and you have to, um, know like when it's time to switch something up or try something new. And so that's when, you know, having a coach or having a program in place can kind of help you do that. Um, so even going back to that for coaching and stuff like that, like I've, use coach myself coaches myself. And sometimes like I was in this period of time where like, I, you know, I should be an expert in this. So why do I need my own coach? And I like thought about that. And I was like, wait, that's stupid. Like I definitely 
if I have a specific goal, like I have to go get a coach or someone who can help me through that. Because if you think about like the, the most elite athletes or even just athletes in general or anybody in general, they all have their own coaches. So if you want to be the best, like you have to have that, um, that accountability and all of that as well. So yeah, don't feel like if you're someone who, you know, feels like you, maybe, you know, a lot, but you, and you don't think that you need someone to, you know, guide you. Like there's always something there that can be improved upon. Um, and so that's why, yeah. So I totally agree with that whole, um, aspect of it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this up in a bow and, and basically I just want to say, I mean, you guys are, you said playing around as you were talking through it, but for everyone else that doesn't know what Rachel means when she says playing around, she's experimenting. (laughs) And when you experiment, no, it's okay. I feel like, no, I mean, it's natural, right? But to recognize the fact that the program that you guys put together has been based on all of the previous experiments that we've done on ourselves and all the other people have done on themselves as far as what works and and knowing that and recognizing that I think is great because this is not something that we that you guys thought up and said we're going to roll this out and let's see if it works or how it will help people this is these are things that have been practically applied on yourselves and on others and have come together to give people a guideline to say look you may want to make a transition and a change after you've done this program but start here transition here and then from there that one constant that is the program you can then adjust and tweak as needed to then fit your lifestyle and i think that that's the important thing because a lot of people as danny had mentioned earlier you know it's daunting this this journey can be extremely daunting and having this program and process allows that daunting stress to be taken away as well as giving you a baseline for what adjustments you want to make later on and that to me i think is again priceless um and you guys are paying me to have you on the podcast right like i'm gonna get a check in the mail 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are definitely uh, yeah. <laughs> and i just want i just want to mention oh sorry no, that's okay. We're all talking about it. It's an IOU. It's as good as money. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like dumb and dumber. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. Painful. That's exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, Rachel, you're going to say something. And then the last thing I want to do is just kind of talk about some of the organizations that are in the giveaway, if that's still available. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I was just going to mention that I know that a lot of people have been, I've heard, this is what I've heard, that a lot of people have been kind of hesitant to, um, you know, dive into a family program because they feel like they're still trying to get, you know, figure it out from themselves. But I think that you have to think about that. Like this program, it's even if you're not ready to transition your family, it's going to start like making you think about the different things that you could be implementing on a regular basis that not necessarily are, you know, completely transitioning them to a fat fueled or low carb lifestyle, but implementing little things here and there that can help with the process along the way. Cause it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Like it's going to take a long time. So if you have something that you could start to work off of, I think that's, something that a lot of people aren't like thinking about. So that's, I just wanted to mention that. Oh no, that's cool. I, and I absolutely agree. Like those, the thing about looking at the menu, forget if you have kids or not, like that's something that I tell my clients all the time. Don't go someplace to eat. I don't care if it's lunch with work, uh, if you're entertaining people for your job, like whatever it is, you should look at the menu ahead of time before you get there so that you don't fail when you get there. Like you need to know what you're going to eat and how to look at the menu, how to make the the right choices ahead of time. And those are the kind of things and the tricks of the trade uh, and the mental preparation that I think you guys roll out really well and very comprehensively within the program. And you don't have to have kids for that. That's something that you can utilize for yourself. So absolutely, hands down, this is not a it's not just a family program. This is a tool that everyone should have in their quiver if they really are looking to be 
successful with making this transition. Um, so cool. Now I know you guys have a giveaway and there's still a few slots left. Um, so I want to get this episode out sooner than later so that my listeners have the opportunity to kind of jump in that. But can you guys go through a few of the people that are involved in the giveaway as far as companies? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. go ahead, Rachel. Cause you, you, you spoke to them the most. I can, I'm, I'm going to, I'm pulling up the uh, giveaway as we speak. Yeah, I, I have see. it here actually. Okay, good, good, good. Do it. Yeah. So we, um, decided that the, we wanted to reach out to the company. So we, there's a, so many different companies out there. And so we wanted to reach out and work with some of the companies that we personally believe in and that we've seen kind of evolve over these past few years. Um, so we put together a giveaway and these companies were, um, very kind to contribute. Um, it's a, so the first hundred purchases of the program, three families will be entered or three people will be entered to win, um, over $450 in prizes each. And so $69 program, $450 prize eligibility. Okay. (laughs) Three and three winners. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You get that. So, um, and there's a bunch of different companies. So we have uh, Peterson's Farms, Butcher Box, Bunker Hill Cheese, Perfect Keto, Primal Kitchen, F Bomb, Outer Isle, Keto Carne, Peak Yogurt, and Peely Nuts. Those are the all the companies that are contributing um, to wow. the giveaway. It's like a $69 raffle ticket. If I was, I'm, I'm like, this is <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you guys aren't making any money. Oh, and Keto Brick. Sorry, I forgot Keto Brick. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Okay, so. That's it. I don't know if there's any there's no better way to present all of that. Like, wow, Um, I'm kind of blown away. So I appreciate you guys taking the time out. I know it was short notice. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am going to make sure that this gets out everywhere and will be shared here as soon as I can edit out what I need to edit out on the episode. It will be live for everyone. So thank you guys for coming to share your heart. Thank you guys for taking the selfless time to put something like this together to really help impact the lives of those that are fortunate enough to purchase it. And where can everyone find you both and the program? Danny, take it. (laughs) This is like the third or fourth podcast we do together and we always wait for each other. Um, So first of all, thank you, man, because honestly, we appreciate you're doing this for us and spreading the word for us. Um, My uh, new Instagram handle is dannyvega.ms and you can find me on Facebook, dannyvega.ms, a.k.a. Keto Counterculture. Um, fatfuel.family www.fatfuel.family and the program is at www.killingitfatfuel.com like Rachel always says it's killing it without a G because it's gangster that way yeah. And just for the listeners yeah. that are listening, you guys do get 10% off your program if you use the code Keto Neo, you know. Yes. Um, so that'll get you yep. 10% off, which just makes it even cheaper. I feel like we shouldn't even give that code for people. That's just insane. I mean, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So, uh, Rachel, where are you at? I am at uh, killingitketo.com and killingitketo on all platforms. With no G. No G. <laughs> Got it. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your Friday. It's been fantastic to chat and catch up, and I appreciate you both. Likewise, brother. You too. The Keto Matrix Podcast, where myths are busted, science is explained, and the keto lifestyle is discussed by industry experts and everyday people alike. For more information and support, go to theketomatrix.com.